0: The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg, I'm Rob Steele, and we're going to start with something that I think was epic from this week. Technically, it was last week. But, you know, whatever. You can still find it on YouTube, probably even see it on TV, although not in its entirety, because a two-minute commercial is not something we come across every day. No. But uh, tell me you saw the The rather epic diehard
1: actually, I did not see the rather epic diehard commercial.
0: See that's 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 disappointing. you need to find that on YouTube because it I is will. spectacular. it is if you have not seen it or heard of it, it is based on the actual diehard movie. Uh, it does include the the, the first one. Yes, it does have Bruce Willis in it. It yes. brings back some characters from the first one. I'm not going to tell you who, but when you see them, you're going to go, "Oh, look, it's Dude!" And the second one, you're going to go, "Oh my God, he's not dead!" But it, it's it, you know, bullets and beating up people and yipkaying. That's right. It's in the commercial. It's epic. You need to see it. I'm highly recommending it, even though it's a commercial. <laughs> doesn't matter and yes it is for the diehard batteries that you can buy at advanced auto see there there's the commercial part of it ignore that just watch the commercial it's fun Uh, let's see actually you know what to go along with cars I'll throw this in there they announced that fast and furious 11 is going to be the last one until they reboot reboot the series yeah really but uh, yeah so enough about cars Let's go on to Disney, because Disney owns everything else on the planet. Yep. Uh, There's just been some some good and bad news coming out of Disney this week, and some of it I don't entirely get. Uh, They announced they were going to be updating their racist warning labels on some of their old movies. And the main one they pointed out in this particular story that I saw were the Siamese cats from Lady and the Tramp. We are Siamese, if you please. Yeah, those. I I remember those. And I don't know that I ever took that as a a slight against all people who were from Siam, which doesn't even exist anymore. It's called Thailand. But uh, I wasn't really sure that was an accent. I thought it was just a voice. Um. And, you know if they want to be from Siam and they want to have an accent go right ahead I just thought they were creepy as hell and I did not think that oh that must mean everyone from Siam is creepy as hell no it doesn't and they're called Siamese cats that's what they're called so you know I didn't even think oh that must mean that all Siamese cats are creepy no these just happen to be creepy or is that just me? It, it, is it a racist thing? And I somehow missed it.
1: Uh, it can certainly be interpreted that way. I mean, here's the thing about racist things. <clears throat> you and I, it's kind of hard for us. And I'm, I, I, I do this myself plenty of times. It's kind of hard to us to figure out, is that racist when we're not the target? If it is racist, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it, it's sort of like the Native American thing and we finally have a Washington football team and people saying, "Oh, that's not offensive." Is like granted some Native Americans said it wasn't offensive, offensive, but a lot of them did and as a person who's not Native American, it's not really your call to say, "Oh, that's not offensive." It's like how would you fucking know? You've never been called a dirty redskin or watched hundreds of movies literally that said that. So I think there's a difference
0: no. between that because it's just the you it, the, the problem with that was <laughs> the use of the name. Yeah. And the name itself was offensive. These are just two creepy, creepy-ass cats.
1: With an exaggerated accent. It's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't particularly think it's offensive, but again, I'm not from Thailand. It, it kind of goes yeah. back to, to Mickey Rooney and his horrifyingly oh, portrait. See that,
0: I can see his people going, what the hell is that?
1: So, you know, it's kind of like, is, is it offensive? Is it like, where is it on the spectrum of being offensive is kind of how I look at it. So, you know, I don't know if, if it is or not. You would have to ask someone who is from, uh, Spain. from or Asia in general, because it wasn't. I don't think that was specifically like a accent of someone from Thailand is just a broad Asian accent or I oriental from that was. time. Yeah, I think it was basically creepy. But again,
0: yeah, uh, we're just along for the ride on that one.
1: I'm okay for you know, with them saying, okay, this was produced in a different time, but then don't yeah. change it, which they've done with a lot of things. That's what pisses me off is when they change things or won't show things at all. That's really kind of a, an issue for me.
0: Maybe that's why Greedo shoots first now.
1: Yeah, seriously, which is so stupid.
0: I'm just saying. Anyway, let's uh, see other Disney news. Ron Howard and Warwick Davis are actually both coming back for a now greenlit Willow TV series on Disney+, Plus, which I think is great. I Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if how many other people are going to be back in it, if I, anyone.
1: I think a lot of people are excited about it, though. Willow yes. is... Yes. To me, Willow ha- has a long lifespan culturally compared to the fact that it's one movie that really wasn't like a a huge hit, you know, it just, uh, which is
0: a a very cool movie. It wasn't a hit.
1: Right. Exactly. It was just one of those. Oh, that was good. And it's the, the popularity is just kind of like sustained because it is a very cool movie. So yay. Ron Howard.
0: Yay. Let's see something else from Disney. Go figure. Uh, a trailer was released this week for their new uh, animated film, Raya and the Dragon, which is a a, a new, the new Disney princess movie, uh, where Raya is, must, uh, let's see, she's, must find the last dragon to protect the world. Because someone's trying to steal something or other and that would be bad, and the dragon needs to help. It's a kick-ass princess movie, which... I think is great. But it here's is great. the bonus for this movie. No one was singing anything.
1: That's in a the bonus. trailer. That's, that is a bonus. I, I am
0: all in favor of that because the last thing we need right now is another Disney song. Like, you know, anything from, you know, Frozen or whatever. Because they're cute in the movie, but damn, they start getting everywhere. And eventually, you know, you're like cleaning the living room three weeks later, and you lift up a sofa cushion, and out comes "Let It Go," and you go, "No, no, put it back in the co- you know, James back in the sofa or something."
1: <laughs> rude.
0: <laughs> well, they just they get everywhere.
1: Oh, I'm not saying you're rude. I'm saying those are rude.
0: That, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and that's not anything against princesses. No. Although, I will say something against Disney because. I this going talk one, about Ivanka. I I do not I do not want this one to happen. <laughs> or if I do, then I want them to actually get the terminology correct.
1: Ah, it's one of those bastards.
0: They're releasing <clears throat> Well not releasing, they're gonna start producing a live action Chip and Dales Rescue Rangers.
1: Chip and Dales? That, that's the Chip. one
0: Chippendales are strippers if they're actually live, Chip <laughs> yes. and Dale are cartoons. <laughs> you cannot do a live-action Chippendales Rescue Rangers.
1: Yeah, they need to stop that terminology. Get
0: get your terms right, guys.
1: <clears throat> Unless they have guys. Oh, maybe it's about furries. In which case, I really won't be watching it. That would be
0: hilarious, though. I, w- I think we'd have to tune in for one episode to go. Really.
1: Uh, I think I might leave that one up to you, but okay. (laughs) I'll I'll,
0: I'll watch and go, wow, they really did this click. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, that was horrifying.
0: That's going to be weird. Actually, you know what's going to be cool, though?
1: Tell me what's going to be cool, Rob.
0: Apparently, not just Jamie Foxx, who's coming back for Spider-Man 3. That's true. They are in talks, this is not confirmed yet, but they're in talks with Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire. They are indeed. go back and play other Spider-Men? And I suspect, because they announced this too, that Doctor Strange is going to be taking over the mentor role for Peter Parker. So I suspect this is going to tie in with the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness stuff.
1: Which would make total sense. Multiverse, other versions of Peter, Spidey, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, yeah, I I really like the direction it's going in. And of course, he has... Met, uh, oh, we're going by our, what did he say? Our code we're names? going by our,
0: our made-up names?
1: Made-up names, yeah. Yeah, because Peter's not cool enough to say code names. So, <laughs> such a great scene. Something that like that is name. excellent. That is excellent. Because he will have excellent interaction with Doctor Strange. But different from it was with, with, with Mr. Stark. But, uh, yeah.
0: And actually, another.
1: That's very good this, news.
0: I'm going to give this a bit of a review because I have not watched all of it yet, because it's a TV series. But dis- uh,
1: you have Disney failed us.
0: came out with another Marvel series on Hulu, because how many brands can we throw into this? Uh, and it's kind of for Halloween.
1: Or at yes, least it is. It
0: seems like it fits. Ha- have you watched Hellstrom at all?
1: I have watched uh, three episodes so far. Okay,
0: you're one up on me. I was going to say, it. Re- <coughs> I thought it was really good so far.
1: I agree. It's gotten uh, pretty much ripped. Critically, right? I haven't seen many positive reviews at all.
0: I haven't seen any reviews at all. So I,
1: I've seen maybe four or five, and they all said uh, the 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 most positive review basically said, "Oh, this is kind of late to the party. This is about ten years behind the scenes of shows like Supernatural and you know any kind of occult theme things." Like, yeah, I didn't really get that. Um, I never read the comics, so I don't have any. Which was called
0: Son of Satan, by the way.
1: Yeah, I don't have any pre existing things, but uh, I don't think it's great, but it ain't Iron Fist. So, yeah, it's to me, it's completely worth watching. I thought it was pretty good. I thought good it,
0: it, it reminded me a lot of Constantine when he had a TV series of his own, <clears throat> part of the
1: Yeah, I, I like Constantine more. Yeah. But. But not by much. I think it's pretty interesting. I think the the two leads are really, really good. I think they're both very, very good. And I, I, don't understand the the dislike for it. I don't want to say hatred because no, I haven't read anybody that ah, oh, that sucks. But I think it's quite, quite good.
0: I did like the uh, the the effect. I think with the the cyclops skull. Yeah, that was that was really well done, and it, yeah.
1: it's. So yeah, far, the, not a
0: big thing. It's
1: but the, the the level of of gore and weirdness and all the rest of it, I think, is really uh, it fits it really well. It's not like oh, let's watch this on Saturday mornings, but it's not over the top as to me like oh, let's just make this a bloodbath because we can. I don't right. think it's it totally fits the material. I think it's really well. So far, at least, I think it's really well done. Worth a look for sure.
0: Oh, let's see. Where do we go from here? You said you had three things to review.
1: I do have three things to review and they all actually tie in together. And not that I have to do them back to back to back to back to back to back. Well, I've got
0: two. You want to switch alternate them? We
1: should, we should have talked about this in prepo. Hi Ted. Um, See, that
0: was my, that was how I get Ted into the show.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just switch back and forth. Okay. Well you go first then. <clears throat> all right. So <clears throat> I actually am talking about two movies featuring Sasha Baron Cohen oh, see if okay. I say it slow I can actually get the names correct but if I say it fast I wind up making something weird like Conan the Barbarian or something so <laughs> Sasha Baron Conan yeah Sasha Baron Conan who has who is tall he's red-headed and he is our Barbarian so all right, the first one actually is not a comedy all. not what you would expect from <clears throat> Mr. Cohen it is uh, on Netflix called The Trial of the Chicago 7. And by the way, have you noticed that so often when you re- read a review of a movie, they don't tell you where to find it? It's really freaking irritating. So you can find this one on Netflix. <clears throat> Not that I haven't done the same thing, but we try to tell you where we you try can to find know. it. So Trial of the Chicago 7. If you don't know, uh, several decades ago, 1968, there were these things called, there was this thing called the political convention where people actually gathered in mass and they didn't have to wear masks because they weren't going to die. Uh, the Democrats had one in Chicago. <clears throat> uh, the Democratic Party was really unpopular at that point with a lot of people because there was something called the Vietnam War going on. And Lyndon Johnson was the president and he had escalated the war. And that is that's a fact. That's not like an opinion. You can just it can be an opinion whether you think it was right or not. But he did escalate the war, and a lot of young people were not happy about this because there was this thing called the draft. And unless you were in college or unless you had alleged bone spurs, you your, your birthday would be put in a lottery. And if your birthday came up, guess who got to go to Vietnam? Lucky you. So people were upset about this. a group of young leaders decided to converge on Chicago and lead protests. And there turned out to be riots in Chicago over the protests. And initially 10 people were arrested as inciting this riot. And it got whittled down to eight and then it wound up getting whittled down to seven. So the trial of the Chicago seven, this is the story of that trial. You may have heard of names like Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Tom Hayden, who wound up being a state senator in California. A Jane found a husband also. So this is, this is their story. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen comes in because he plays Abby Hoffman. And sometimes people seem to overlook the fact that he's an excellent actor. Because this is not a comedy. This is a very serious film. He's excellent. I,
0: I think a lot of it is because you, you look, look at his comedies and go, oh, well... Yeah. Everyone else who does movies that stupid can't be good actor at the same time. So right, I think exactly,
1: that's what I think. exactly. But he's he's excellent oh. as not that Abby Hoffman doesn't have uh, some very funny moments because he was that's how the, that guy actually was. He he used satire and humor to point out, wow, this is a terrible thing. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, who I have frequently said, if I saw him on the street, I would throat punch him because he just he just gives me the heebie-jeebies in every role, is <laughs> actually really good in this movie. He plays Tom Hayden. And he's the first thing I've ever seen him in where I thought he turned in a good performance instead of, oh, I'm a quivering little milkweed. Oh, Jesus. So, oh, my God, he acted like a person with some backbone. And yes, that's not, sorry, that's not an allusion to playing Stephen Hawking, but, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's the story of the trial and the trial was an absolute train wreck. Uh, the judge was uh, Julius Hoffman who was really pretty much ripped by, I think it's this 78% of the lawyers of the bar in Illinois said he was not fit for duty because he was just, he was not a good judge. He was, uh, <clears throat> Not very fair, shall we say. Frank Langella, by the way, plays him. He's like, uh, he's pretty good. Um, So really good cast. It tells the story of the trial and everything that they went through and all the just ridiculously awful uh, decisions that the judge made, um, not allowing testimony in some cases. The one thing I didn't like about the movie is they play kind of fast and loose with the facts? There's there's a big moment. Aaron Sorkin, by the way, is the wrote, wrote it and kind of the mastermind behind this. Who's done lots of very cool based on reality shows, movies, etc. Right? Uh, there's this big reveal where <clears throat> a member of the previous administration, because the trial didn't happen until Nixon came into office. And there are lots of allusions made that basically Nixon just wanted this to happen because he wanted to make an example of these young radicals. <laughs> <clears throat> so a member of the previous administration is called to give testimony. <clears throat> and there's a big question over whether the judge will allow the testimony or not. So it kind of hinges on that. The problem of the movie is the testimony that this character gave never happened. He gave testimony, but not the testimony that was shown, because the testimony makes it look like, oh, my God, these guys are totally innocent. And spoiler, this happened in 1968, well, the trial in 69. So spoiler alert. Yeah, they were innocent. (coughs) Let's say eventually. (coughs) But the testimony was not like, oh, my God, it's the non-smoking gun, so to speak. It wasn't anywhere near that dramatic. So it wasn't that big a deal whether or not it was allowed so they played kind of fast and loose with the facts which actually it kind of pisses me off because this is an important part of american history and it certainly ties in now and you really there was no reason to do that there was no reason to oh let's make this more dramatic it's pretty freaking dramatic when people who organize protests are arrested for inciting riots when they didn't incite the riot so, you know, there's some manufactured heat between Tom Hayden and Abby Hoffman, which wasn't real. Uh, makes it fun, but that's not that's not as important because it doesn't really change what happened. So, I really don't like the fact that oh my god, this absolutely proves they're innocent when there was no such testimony to either be allowed or not. So that kind of sucks. But it's a really good film. It's not a document. If you want a document of that, there is a documentary called the Chicago 10 that you can get on Amazon Prime. But I'll tell you this, this is more entertaining. Excellent, excellent acting throughout. It's really well written. It's well directed. It flips back and forth between the incident, between the riots in Chicago and the trial. There are several news clips in there, including a really telling one from Walter Cronkite, who basically was like the conscience of America back then. He was a newscaster, which I miss him. Yeah. Those days are gone. So he's talking about the Chicago convention, the democratic convention in Chicago. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, basically there's, there's no other way to say this. This is being held under a police state. That's a pretty bold statement from a person who is renowned for just giving the news without any opinion. But here's the thing. It was a police state. So, it's really important. The con- the, I don't know if the film is important, but the, the idea the is important. The content is important. And it's a really good movie. So I highly recommend The Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix.
0: See, I'm glad you started off with something good because the oh, first no. one I'm going to do. Oh, no. <laughs> not so much.
1: Is it bad?
0: Although it does tie into with what's going on today, because you mentioned you know the riots that are going on today and yeah. all the crap that's going on there. I went after a plague movie. Oh, good. Kind of. Kind of. Um, <laughs> this is available on iTunes and Amazon Prime. It comes from 1989, and it's a movie called Cyborg. Now, that doesn't sound like it was going to be something about a plague, but give me a minute. Uh, I watched this years ago, and I kept thinking when I watched it the first time, there should be more than one cyborg in the movie, or at least it should focus on the cyborg in the movie. Guess what? It doesn't. <laughs> the, uh, the titular cyborg is kidnapped at the beginning of the, of this post apocalyptic
1: movie. He said titular. Anyway, I said, well,
0: it, it's a girl. Um,
1: I'm so stupid. Sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. We're guys. Sorry. Um, anyway, kidnapped at the beginning of this post-apocalyptic movie in New York by a pirate gang whose leader's name is Fender. Because why not? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and these are his sunglasses. And whenever he removes them, he has these electric blue contacts that look fake as hell. But that's OK. It makes him look like an over-masculinized version of Denise Richards. Anyway, the, the cyborg is kidnapped because she has the cure for the disease that is killing off the planet. COVID-19, anyone? Yeah. Anyway. She is rescued briefly by Jean-Claude Van Damme's gunslinger character. um, But then she gets immediately kidnapped again because he's not very clever in this movie, I guess. Ew,
1: that's
0: sad. Uh, so he joined. Let's
1: see. <coughs> i lost he's, my place. He's, he's Belgian. That's why he's not clever, because he's Belgian.
0: Yeah, there we go. Anyway, Van Damme is joined by uh, Deborah Richter's character, who's really cute, but very inept. And I would like to point out nameless, because <laughs> apart from Fender, I don't think anyone in this movie had a
1: name. There's if no idea. I missed it. There's no one named Stratocaster, seriously. You, there, there should be, or you know, Bumper. Yeah.
0: <laughs> seriously, I'm just saying. So let's see. Um, Von Dam is constantly uh, getting lost in his flashbacks of when Fender killed his wife and adoptive children. But it turned out he didn't kill the daughter. No, 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 didn't kill the daughter. She's part of the pirate gang now. Now, if you want more plot, tough. There isn't any. Um, <laughs> we see Vondam and and Deborah Richter's character walking, walking from New York to Atlanta, because that's where they're going. Richter, <laughs> okay. on the other hand, has taken a boat. No. I'm oh, sorry, not Richter. Fender. Fender has taken a boat. A boat. Uh, and... Somehow they get to Atlanta before him. This is not a spoiler. The movie is five thousand years old and it's kind of crap, so don't worry about it.
1: Well, he's dragging a boat overland. So
0: <clears throat> now you, you'd think, with a guy who looked as big and imposing as Fender does, and it's got Jean Claude Van Damme in it, there would at least be some great fight scenes. Well, you'd be wrong. There aren't. <clears throat> there are some really crap fight scenes ah. where Von Dom does a pretty good job. Everyone else just kind of calls it in. Um, you're gonna go, oh look, this is from the WWF. It's one of their movies. It's not. Although it 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 may as well have been. That's awful. <clears throat> and let's add to this, the film didn't age well. <laughs> Uh, Bloodsport was at least stuck in that time period and you knew that everything was going to look like it was from that time period. This right. one was in a future that we have both surpassed and not gotten to yet. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, the, the concept here of building a cyborg from scratch from the for the purpose of data transfer only. That's why she went to New York to get yep. the data. But this implies that email and cell phones no longer exist. Uh-huh. Which means there's very little in the way of electricity. Okay, fine. How the hell did you build a cyborg without electricity?
1: It's a steam, steam-powered steam cyborg.
0: Did not think this is...
1: Yeah, steam-powered. Sure, sure. why not? Clearly they
0: This <clears> is seriously one of those, don't delve too deep into the plot, if there really is any, because it's <laughs> shallow. Or you'll find... Not just plot holes, you'll find craters. So take this movie for what it's supposed to be. It's a sci-fi post-apocalyptic martial arts movie. Easy for you to say. Um, Take it for what it's supposed to be, which is what that is. Don't take it for what it is, which is a deeply flawed post-apocalyptic science fiction sci-fi martial arts movie. It's not good.
1: I I think I will not be going to iTunes to get this
0: yeah I'm gonna recommend against it.
1: <laughs> I wasn't
0: quite sure if you liked it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds there. There is one scene <clears throat> where we we see um, it's not Denise Richard, Denver Richter running across a beach wearing uh nothing actually. That's the best scene in the movie, and not because I'm being sexist, because she actually runs better than anyone else in this movie. And there's a lot of people running, and they look very awkward. She looks natural, and probably because she is naked. That is the best part of this movie, and I I'm, I'm, I apologize for my sexism in that. But it's true. <sighs> there is not a better scene in this movie.
1: That's not... That's and sad. it does
0: not end with sex, by the way.
1: That is sad. That's a sad film. I have, I have a happier film in, in many ways. Well, it's happier for one reason, because it's good. Huh. And, and it's intentionally funny. I, I mentioned Sasha Baron Cohen before, and he is the star and one of the screenwriters of my next film, which is only available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we're not getting money for it. Too bad. Uh, It is called, well, let me give you the subtitle first, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. So this is uh, what some people are referring to as Borat 2, which it is not. The actual title is Borat, Subsequent Movie Film, movie film being one word, which is a brilliant title. Uh, So yes, this is the (coughs) follow-up to Borat, which came out 14 years ago. That seems kind of impossible.
0: Somehow it doesn't seem like a big enough number, and yet somehow it seems too big.
1: Exactly, right? Seems like it came out just a few years ago, and, but this is a 14 years since Borat. It came
0: out a few years ago in the 80s. Wait, what?
1: <clears throat> <laughs> it does feel like that, doesn't it? So, <clears throat> Borat, our, our in, in, intrepid journalist, he, he, he's in trouble because he failed in his first uh, quest to bring glory to the nation of Kazakhstan. So he has been released from, from prison and he has a new mission. His new mission is to again, deliver a bribe to the American regime. Uh, the, the bribe is a, a monk. They call it a monkey, but it's a chimp because they're Kazakhstan. So they're going to deliver a chimp who is the biggest who is the biggest TV star in Kazakhstan. He has his own TV shows and stuff. They're going to deliver him to Mike Pence. Uh, because apparently they think Mike Pence would like to have a monkey for, for for sexual favors. Not quite sure why they think that, but they think that. Um, <clears throat> and it makes sense in the context because they're they're a little bit off base. Mike Pence's people, not 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 Borat's. So he decides to make the journey. He also has a daughter, which. I mean he didn't really have a good relationship with the daughter because daughters are kept in cages here in this country. that's how they should be kept so Kazakhstan, not this country, although yeah some people you would to like that
0: order to get that kind of treatment
1: yeah, exactly <clears throat> so he winds up kind of bonding with his daughter and because his daughter wants a beautiful cage like Melania, Trump has her beautiful cage, so he says, yeah okay, we can we can kind of do that well she basically sneaks into the crate that Borat is taking the chimp in. So she winds up coming to America with Borat. And so it's the misadventures of of Borat and his daughter in America as he tries to deliver the bribe to Michael Pence, Uh, vice premier Mike Pence. Let me put it that way because that's how he's (laughs) referred to. And, uh, it starts it's, it's first place. Really, really funny movie, very biting satire. Uh, it's a bore film. So yes, there are some scenes in here that I can't imagine anyone would not be embarrassed to watch, let alone watch them with your children. So even if your kids are like 20, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> you might not want to watch it with them, but, <clears throat> but you should, because it's hilarious. Uh, Borat, he he basically looks the same. Yeah, you know, he's got the same suit. He's he's just with his wild hair and and his Groucho Marx mustache, basically. And people recognize him immediately and start chasing him for his autograph. Now, whether this actually happened or whether this was just set up, I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because it makes sense. People would immediately recognize him because I mean, this is a cultural thing, Borat. So for most of the movie, he has to disguise himself and. Cohen <clears throat> doing other accents as Borat doing other accents is freaking hilarious. He is just in, in ridiculous, ridiculously bad disguises. Uh, yet they still manage to fool some people. Um, <clears throat> there, There is a scene where he takes his daughter to a debutante ball in G- Georgia. Uh-oh. And <laughs> – this is, this is one of those scenes where I was like, oh, my God, they didn't really do this. And, yeah, they did. They went there. It's, uh, uh, it, it's not the, the same kind of scene. It's not the same scene when he's having naked man sex with his manager guy from the first one. Uh, but it's equally repugnant and horrific and hilarious. So I'll just leave it at that. Um. He does disguise himself as Donald Trump at one point as he goes to a conservative conference because he is hoping to deliver the bribe to Mike Pence because Mike Pence is speaking at this conference. Uh, there are several references to uh, COVID-19, as, as there should be. And uh, yeah, he, he hangs out with a couple of guys who are uh, very pro-Trump. So there's some pretty interesting statements made there. And uh, unless you're living under a rock, uh, Rudolf Giuliani does make an appearance in this film as himself, and he doesn't realize, because he doesn't see Borat initially, he sees him later, he he grants an interview to this young woman who presents herself as a journalist from Kazakhstan. I don't know if she actually said she's from Kazakhstan, but obviously a, a a foreign journalist and because of her accent and she invites him over to the bedroom and he willingly goes in. He's like, yeah, why would, why would you do that? Why would you go into a, a bedroom with a journalist who appears to be maybe early twenties, uh, it pops in later and claims, claims that she's 15. Uh, so Julianna did not know that she was supposed to be 15 and she wasn't, but really, uh, why would you go and oh let's go relax and go have a seat in the bedroom it's like dude what the hell are you doing and oh, he was tucking in his shirt yes he was tucking in his shirt he <laughs> he pulls his microphone out so he this is how he tucks in his shirt he lays back on the bed he's leaning back on the bed supine like his back is flat on the and reaches inside his pants tuck in his shirt because everybody reaches inside their pants and leaves their hand in their pants when they tuck in their shirt. That's how I tuck in my shirt. I don't stand up. I lay back in bed and I just put my hand down my pants and just leave it there for a while. It's like, yeah. And I kind of rummage around like I'm trying to find my shirt. Yeah. Okay, Rudy, way to go, buddy. Um, so that's kind of horrific and repugnant, but eh, it's Rudy. So yeah, America's mayor. Oh, I'm sorry. America's scumbag asshole. uh, One of them anyway. So sorry that you caught being a total creep bastard, but okay, whatever. Uh, The movie is extremely funny, extremely biting, very well done. Is it as good as the first one? I don't know how it could be because the, the first one was just so bizarre and out of left field and insane. So to recreate that, I think would be impossible. But given that, I think they came as close as you possibly could. Uh, He mines some new territory. He does poke maybe a little bit of fun at the, the great Donald Trump, our premier Uh, like as in massive quantities of, of Trump of fun at Trump, really funny movie, really well done movie. And, And again, this guy is an excellent actor when you look at the the job he did in trial of Chicago seven, and now he's doing this insane, ridiculous character of Borat. And also I do want to mention that there are a couple of little set pieces in this, that just like in the first one where he points out how, how good and kind and nice some people can be. He has some interactions with people who are just like genuinely good, decent human beings, which is, so it actually has some heart to it, which is, Really odd for a movie like this, but it totally does. So Borat, subsequent movie film, highly recommended.
0: You know, you mentioned you know, it, that it was out of left field. I wonder if left fielders ever get offended by that statement.
1: They shouldn't. They're crazy. Well, yeah. Left fielders, they're the worst players on the team, basically. I'm, I just thought I'd throw that out. I'm <clears throat> trying to be politically correct. No, I'm not. I did that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, By the way, it's out of left field. Why is it always out of left field? I don't know. Interesting. That, that, this, that sounds but like I, a question for the Nikki X show. Maybe we'll bring that up. Post pro Ted,
0: let us know. Ted, what do we do with this? So, <laughs> next film, and just because you know Halloween is coming up, I thought I'd do as close to a horror movie that I that I get to, because I'm not a big horror movie fan. But I'm going to go back to 1984 to a movie that is still pretty damn creepy, even if you know that it's set in 1984, so don't expect Twitter to show up in this movie. Going back to Dreamscape, ah, which I thought was a good movie. Uh, Dennis Quaid plays a psychic who's been recruited into Max von Scheidau's Saidow's somewhat covert project on dreams, or more precisely, entering other people's dreams. And so far in this little universe, there are only three people who can do it. You've got Dennis Quaid's Alex Gardner, David Patrick Kelly from Twin Peaks's Johnny Ray, who is one of our villains. That's not a spoiler. He's set up to look that way. He shows up on camera and you go, oh, bad guy. And the third guy, who we're not going to pay any attention to because he fries his own brain in the first scene we see him in. (laughs) He doesn't have any lines, so, so much for him. The whole program is being overseen by a hidden government agency, dum-dum-dum, run by a guy named Bob Blair, played by Christopher Plummer. Ah, And let's see, the president of this particular universe is also having dream issues, which, according to Blair, is making him make bad decisions. So the president, played by Eddie Albert, uh, gets dredged into this, although his nightmares of nuclear annihilation are creepy as hell and make a lot of sense to bring him into a dream program. Now, if you're thinking, I've heard all the names of these actors before, you're right you have. Let's add some more to it. Let's add Kate Capshaw from Indiana Jones 2 and the Temple of Doom in a non-screaming role. Bonus points <clears throat> as one of the main scientists. You have George Went, Norm, as a Stephen King-like conspiracy theorist. Uh, even got John, Mul- John or Chris Mulkey. Who? He's a guy you're going to look at on screen and go, oh, that's the hitman from Every movie in the history of ever. Yeah, it's always been Chris Mulkey. Yes,
1: (laughs) it seems like it is.
0: The difference in this movie is he still plays a hitman, only he's younger. There you go. So, yeah, the movie is a bit dated uh, because it's set in 1984. It's special effects wise, not spectacular. But don't let that deter you. There is some spectacular stuff in this movie. Uh, several dreams are delved into, including a really hilarious look at a guy who thinks his wife is, you know what? I'm gonna let that I'm I'm not gonna spoil that for you.
1: Don't spoil it. I'm
0: not gonna spoil that for you. Let me but that is one of the funniest scenes in pretty much any movie because it, it it's just damn hilarious. In the middle of this horror movie, you get this really funny scene. Now, is this movie for kids? Just on this one scene? No. The rest of it? No. (laughs) Uh, There is some language. One very brief scene of nudity. Kind of, if you want to call it Okay, boobs are on the screen for almost three seconds.
1: Semi-nudish. But
0: uh, I think that's why they got away with the PG-13 rating. It's because they're only on there for... Oh, they're gone. Now, the uh, Dreamscape is actually streaming on pretty much every streaming service so i do recommend it it's a fun movie with a few jump scares and a lot of psychological creepy stuff so if you're not into horror movies this is actually the horror movie for you it's creepy enough to get you into the halloween spirit but not enough to make you throw up (laughs) so dreamscape excellent movie. Make sure you get the right one. This is the one with Dennis Quaid in the, on, yeah. the, on the front. And my daughter watched this with me, and she said, you know what? Why was he not Han Solo? Because he acts a lot like Han Solo. True. And I think he was supposed to be at one point, but you know, we sure. should have seen him in more Han Solo-ish roles. It really would have worked.
1: True, true, true. I Circle gets the square. Um, my last film, I'm Barely going to give a review because I actually want to talk about it more on a different show. Oh. Uh-huh. So this is a plug for the Nikki X Happy Hour podcast, but <clears throat> the movie is called Totally Under Control, and if you want to watch a horror movie, this is a real life horror movie. This is a documentary just came out a week ago, I believe, um, and this is about how Donald Trump has failed to handle the pandemic. Excellent documentary, step by step, showing timelines, comparing to how, for instance, South Korea handled it compared to how we handled it, how we bungled numerous aspects of, of kind everything, trying to keep this totally under control, uh, how uh, they decided to make this into a profiteering party uh, uh, instead of actually. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really horrific. It's called totally under control. I bought it, uh, on voodoo, uh, a week ago for 10 bucks. It is now available on Hulu for free. And I am glad that I paid 10 bucks for it, frankly, because the filmmakers deserve the money. This is by Alex Gibney, who has done a lot of excellent documentaries. Um, I recommend this so it's available to rent on on most of the streaming services Amazon etc you can buy it still if you want to but hey it's free on who yesterday so absolutely the movie I liked the most and I really like the trial of the Chicago 7 and I really like Borat's subsequent movie film but totally under control is the movie I and en- well I don't know if I enjoyed it because I was kind of horrified and extremely pissed off by it but the best movie for me, totally under control.
0: Which fits with Halloween, because it, it's yeah. I, I see horror coming out of that.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, what are we at, 229,000 dead? That's kind of horrific. I would think. But it's totally under control, right, you orange bastard? Oh, I'm sorry. That, that's a comment <clears throat> for the other show.
0: You know what? This is actually the last show we're going to be recording that is specifically before a major event. So I'm going to change the ending of the show a little bit in that, yes, COVID-19 still exists because we haven't mentioned it during the show. So if you have the opportunity to stay home, stay home, watch a movie, but make sure that before November 3rd or even on November 3rd, get out and vote. Captain, we're losing power in the war vengeance. I think we should be leaving now. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed!
1: Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. My country.